You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Adult Time. Created by award-winning filmmaker and previous podcast guest, Brie Mills, Adult Time is a streaming service exclusively for adults. Adult Time is a platform where mature audiences can access a huge variety of premium adult content. Dubbed the Netflix of porn, Adult Time offers an extensive catalog of over 180 channels, 60,000 episodes, and at least five new releases every day from some of the most recognized studios, including Girls' Way, Pure Taboo, Burning Angel, Fantasy Massage, Vivid Entertainment, and so much more. They also have exclusive original series, feature films, and much more. Get one week absolutely free by creating an account at adulttime.com and using the promo code HOLLY. That's A-D-U-L-T-T-I-M-E dot com and use the code HOLLY. Today's guest is the bright and beautiful rising star, Lacey Lennon. The first time I heard about Lacey was from my friend Mike Quasar, who has also been on the show a couple of times. And if you know Mike at all, you know that he reserves compliments for those that he feels truly deserves it. Mike is not somebody who flatters people unnecessarily. So when he went online and tweeted out that Lacey Lennon was this amazing new star and that she was a great performer, she was professional, she remembered all her lines, I knew that this was somebody that I had to shoot. And he was absolutely right. For somebody as young as Lacey is, she is very professional. She takes her craft very seriously, and she definitely has her eyes on the prize. It's kind of hard to believe that the girl has been in the industry for only about a year, but she is not new to sex work. She also worked at the Bunny Ranch for quite a while, and she considers Dennis Hoff to be sort of a mentor to her. So it's always really interesting to me to hear about worlds that I'm completely unfamiliar with, like brothels. And Lacey really gives us an inside peek at how the Bunny Ranch worked. Lacey also is an incredible trained opera singer. And though, unfortunately, she was too sick to sing for us, she does sing the new theme song for the Axel Braun Captain Marvel XXX parody, which just came out on Wicked.com. And so you should definitely check that out because um, her voice is is pretty incredible. And it matches a pretty incredible person as well. Before we start the podcast, I just want to quickly fill you in on a couple of things that are going on in my life right now. Uh, first of all, I want to say that my new movie that I wrote and directed for Wicked Pictures is out. It's called Stranger Than Fiction, and it stars Kenna James, Anna Fox, Small Hands, Damon Dice, and many more. I'm pretty proud of this one. Um, it was an idea that suddenly came to me like right before bed and I kind of wrote out the outline really quickly and then it just all uh, came together really well. And Kenna James does an incredible performance kind of playing two different personalities. So you should definitely go check that out. Go to wicked.com and uh, why don't you give them a join? That would be really nice to support the people who support me. Uh, Secondly, just want to remind you about my Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can join there and um, 
join the conversation about this podcast. And then lastly, I just wanted to mention that I will be at the AVN 2020 convention in January, and I will be doing my podcast from the adult time booth. So if you're around, swing by, say hi. If I am in the middle of interviewing somebody, please don't interrupt. I know you guys would never do that because you're all such wonderful, polite, lovely, considerate people. Um, but yeah, come by, say hello, support me. I would really appreciate that. And I'm super excited for the trip. And thank you to Adult Time for giving me that opportunity. Okay, so let's welcome Lacey Lennon to Holly Randall Unfiltered. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I have the beautiful Lacey Lennon on. And Lacey, thank you so much for coming. I know you're not feeling amazing today, (laughs) so I really appreciate you making the drive out here. Yes, absolutely. I hate canceling. I, a lot of times, not, not, I'm not going to say a lot, but any time I think I've ever like canceled anything in my life, it's due to me being like so sick that there's yeah. absolutely no way other than that. It's like, you will find me yeah. <laughs> with my Pedialyte <laughs> and I will be there anywhere that I need to be. I'm the same. I'm like, I have to be on death's door for yeah. me to cancel. And sometimes um, that's not a good thing because I'll push myself too hard. I once got bronchitis because I just kept working through like the sickness and mm. I was like literally hacking up along on set. And I was shooting for a client and the client was like, you need to go home. Yeah. He was like, you're going to get the rest of us sick. And I was like, oh yeah, other people. I forgot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. That's the thing. It's like, it's so weird because it's like this fight between like, okay, I want to be like the strong, responsible person and never cancel and be super reliable and like all power through being sick because I'm that kind of person. But then it's like, well, then you get other people sick. So it's like this battle. It's like, exactly. What, what do I do? And that's, you know, do I cancel on people and like piss everybody off or do I show up sick to set and piss everybody off? Yeah. What the fuck do you do? Exactly. I think that I've learned, um, especially within the porn industry specifically Mm -hmm. is like, do not be that person. It's Mm -hmm. not, you know, coming to work and sitting at a desk job like Mm -hmm. you are with and around other people. Mm -hmm. So like your actions do affect everyone around you. Yeah. So you have to be, you know, very courteous to those um, that you cross paths with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, it's just like I'm very much so I was always that teacher's pet that is like, no, I'll be there for anything and everything. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of had to learn, you know, as an adult, it's like, yes, okay, can you do it? Of course you can, but should you? No. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that's the question really. It's a, the can and the should. Yes, the can and you should. And so and then it's like as if I just go home and if I rest it off, you know, I'll be back on my A game within no time versus, you know, trying to push myself over the limit. Absolutely. Because my hundred my hundred percent is willing to be pushed out to a hundred, you know, to ten mm-hmm. to a hundred and twenty. Whereas if I'm not feeling a hundred percent, even if I push myself I still won't even make it to that hundred percent so it's kind of you know just outweighing those possibilities and what I can and can't do yeah 
Yeah. And you said, and you're like on the tail end of it. Um, you oh, said yes, you were, luckily. You're like feeling, so you're at that point. I think you're only contagious in the first like few days. The problem mm-hmm. is, is that you're usually contagious before the symptoms show up. Yeah. So you're usually your most contagious before you even know you're sick. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm definitely finally now on my downhill. Which yeah. Which is awesome. <laughs> I think I've like, yesterday like came like up at the very like tip of the peak. And yeah. this morning I woke up and I'm slowly sliding down, but I'm like butt scooting down the hill is kind of more so what I'm doing. I was like, I'm not. I'm not running down the hill yet, but I'm butt scooting, so <laughs> I'm making my way. So, so the first time I heard about you was from um, our mutual friend, Mike Quasar. And Mike, Hi. as we all know, is somebody who isn't afraid to say what he thinks and say what he thinks about people. Yeah. And getting a compliment from Mike is not all that common. So when he finds somebody that he believes is really special and he like purposely goes out of his way on like social media to say this girl is really special, Mm -hmm. you know that he means it. And I remember, and I always take his word for everything. I actually ask him a lot of the times, like if there's somebody that I know that he's worked with a lot or I need to try a new male talent or something, I'll ask Mike, Mm -hmm. like, what is this person like? Because I know he'll always give me honest feedback. And when I saw him post about you and say like, oh my God, this girl's going to be such a huge star. And she like showed up and she was professional and on time. And she remembered all of her lines. (laughs) Were you a last, did you do a last minute fill in for him on a feature? I'm not really sure. I was extremely new at that point. Um, I had, I don't know if I was a replacement or what it was, um, but I wasn't given it, you know, like a day before the script. I was given it like... I think it was given the script like a week before. Okay, so then you wouldn't um, have been a last minute yeah. replacement. I just remember him being like incredibly impressed by how you literally like it were was, on it and knew all your lines. It was like my second or third week in film. That's mm, why. That's I, probably what it was. Yeah, then. it was like I literally hadn't even been in for like a month. I don't yeah. even think. And, you know, I just came in and people had asked me, you know, the agency that I was with at that time. I like, do you act? Do you like to act? And I was like, I love to act. Mm-hmm. It's just something that I, you know, really, really enjoy. And so I was so nervous. So I felt like I had like a lot to prove, especially mm-hmm. because the very, very, very first set that I ever came into um, in film was I had seen all these girls. Like it, it still has me like shocked to this day, just because I had uh, I worked for this girl girl company, and one of my biggest idols that you know I had never thought you know would be like a would be like a dream come true would to you know be able to see like somebody like Riley Reed in person, mm. and it was my very 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 first girl girl set ever. And I walk on that set and there she is. And so everything kind of like hit me in the face that I was like, okay, this is real. This is, this is all obtainable. This is right in front of your face. And if you work really, really, really hard, um, you know, you, you could have anything and everything you've ever wanted at your fingertips. So fast forward to when I'm, you know, being asked to getting, if I, if I like to act and if I wanted to read some scripts and if I was interested in something like that, I absolutely said yes. And so it meant so, it meant so much to me and made me so nervous and made me too scared to fail because I wanted more of those moments of being around these people that were big names and big stars because that's where I saw my potential name shining was with them. And so there was no way that I could 
you know, be at that point in my life or my career if first off, if I didn't try and if also if I, you know, didn't try as hard as I did, which was, you know, freaking out in that makeup chair, you know, making sure that I had my script memorized way before I even got there. I was, you know, saying my lines into my app on my phone reading everybody else's lines and then my app on my phone and being in the shower and playing it, you know, for myself, making sure that I got all of my lines just because I was so nervous around, you know, the community of people that I was casted with and the potential, you know, where my career could go. And I kind of, for me, it was setting the foundations of my career and setting the foundations of who I am. And I just wanted to be solid. Do you feel like you gave, well, first of all, actually, what movie are we talking about? Just so people can go reference it. And then are you satisfied? Were you satisfied with your performance? Um, it was Mike Quasar's Closing Time. Okay, I thought um, so. That was with Whitney Wright, right? It was with Whitney. She was the lead in the movie, um, so she carried the entire thing, um, and she did an amazing job. The entire movie was really interesting, um, and I got to play more of... Um, I'm trying to think of like a good way to like express my character's personality. Uh, she's strong, but she's very much so like, well, these are the rules written and these are the rules that we're going to follow type of gal. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was my character. Whereas Whitney's character, um, she was just more of like a badass. And, you know, she, whatever that she wanted is whatever that she got. Um, and that's, you know, basically the premise of the movie. And at the end of the movie, you know, I tell her, like, I'm out of here. I can't deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. Don't want to deal with any of this stuff around me. And I'm out of here. And I quit at the end. Um, But yeah, no, I think that the movie came out really good. Uh, I think that um, everything for me is a little bit of a slower progression. I also think I'm probably one of my hardest critics. I don't think that anything I do is good enough or I don't I know that feeling (laughs) in the same way. I think, you know, it's hard because people ask me all the time, like, what's your favorite scene that you've done? Is there something that, you know, that is almost like a showcase that you can point people in the direction of? And, you know, sometimes I'm still even a little, like, embarrassed in the sense of, like, oh, no, I, I, I don't really have anything quite yet because I just feel that I can do better. I feel that I have more to come. I feel that I'm just slowly, you know, um, you know, I'm just slowly, you know, digging up who I really am. And it's a slow journey. This has been a completely slow journey for me, my entire sex worker uh, career. How long have you been in the industry now? (sighs) Come January, it'll be almost five years. I'll be 23. I joined when I was 18. Wow. Yeah. No, I know you joined the (laughs) sex industry because you worked at the Bunny Ranch before. And we'll get to that. But Mm -hmm. in terms of filming adult movies, how Mm -hmm. long have you been? Have you been doing that since? Um, You're 18? no, No. Adult movies, I had started... Um, at the end and beginning of last year of no- or October, November. So I'll be coming up on my year mark for film specifically yeah. um, here soon, which that's, is awesome. That's an incredible, I just want you to know that's an incredibly short amount of time. <laughs> and for you to have achieved as much as you have in that first year is like really amazing and unusual. Yeah. And I hope that you see that and I can understand that you feel like you have so much room to grow. I and you do. I mean, mm-hmm. we all do. But like, you've done an incredible job your first year. So thank you. I hope you know that. You just see all these, you know, people around you and all these creditations that they're able to achieve, and you know, you want that one day to be you. And so yes. I 
I have this, you know, thing inside of me again, where I said, it's like, yes, I am my own worst critic. And it's just like any time that I ever check something off my list, I probably have written down five new things that I want to do mm-hmm. on my list. And so it's this ever, it's this non ending thing that in my life that it's, I'll just never be able to finish. I'll never be able to finish what I want because I don't really have a finishing point because mm-hmm. I, I'm driven and I get a high off of success and it's just something that I'm not really ever willing to let go. I get stressed out like when I don't have anything to do. <laughs> you, okay, so you and I are so incredibly similar in that way and it seems like we both suffer from this double-edged sword which is perfectionism. Yeah. And the great thing about being a perfectionist is that it makes you very good at your job and you're Mm -hmm. always striving to do better. And so usually you are, you continue to improve, you continue to achieve. But then the other side of it is that you're never happy with your achievements because you always (laughs) feel like you can do better Mm -hmm. and you pick apart all of the tiny little flaws that nobody else sees. Mm -hmm. So it's a strange thing. It's like, It'll make you very successful, but will you be able to enjoy that success? That's the problem. That is the problem. I always wonder, it's like, what is it? What am I going for that I'll finally be happy? Like, what is it that'll make me happy? And I really do not have an answer. I ask my fans all the time on social media, like, what makes them happy? You know, what? um, Sorry, excuse me. I ask my fans all the time online, you know, what makes them happy? And I genuinely, like, I care about what does make them happy. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, you know, to really, you know, talk to them. And a lot of times they tell me just seeing me is actually what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simplistic answer that sometimes I'm envious. I wish that sometimes that I lived a life that having one idol or one person that you really enjoy seeing as a fan in your life is... That's, that's that's just kind of what it is and it, and it does make you happy and you can kind of finish that sentence and put that hard period and it makes sense whereas for me it's like I always find myself you know falling into Alice's you know her rabbit hole into the kaleidoscope of ideas and successes and what my life looks like. And it's just this ever spinning kaleidoscope of, I don't know what's going on and I don't know when it will end. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, I'm enjoying the ride is, you know, but there's no hard period at the end of it. So it's kind of, it's mad world that I decide to live in, in this mental case. Yeah. I know how you feel. I think a lot of the times we are so focused, on our destination, which is always ever changing, because mm-hmm. once we get to that destination, we set a new one, right? So it's just finding the ability to be present and enjoying the journey, I think, is probably one of like our greatest challenges. Yes. And it's something that I deal with a lot. And especially as I've gotten older, it's something that I've focused on a lot more trying to really incorporate in my day to day. I've started doing things like gratitude lists and like every day really trying to remember to be grateful for the things I have. And then sometimes just taking a pause in a moment and kind of collecting everything around me and being like, okay, so grateful for this moment. Like 
a couple weeks ago. I was with my parents. I was at the ranch. I was sitting out by the pool with them. It was a really like nice evening. The <laughs> sun was setting. Like there was a warm breeze. My boyfriend was there, and I was just like, okay, collect like all of this. I'm like, that sounds right nice. now, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll trade places with you for a second. But Molly. here's the problem: <laughs> is that, and this is something that is so common in in so many of us. I think especially now in this world where technology and like instant gratification drives like this incessant need for more and more and more is that um, it's really hard to like enjoy that moment when you have it because Mm -hmm. for me at least I'm usually thinking about oh this is such a great moment and then the anxiety voice comes in but it's going to be over soon yeah (laughs) that moment's going to be over soon and you're never going to have that moment again so like why even enjoy it because it's going to be gone you're one of those little guys too does he just hang out on your shoulder just just whisper in your ear a little bit he can be very loud it's very hard to keep quiet um yeah i mean that's definitely it's definitely a problem and um i think that's just something that i'm always gonna have to work on it it sounds like you probably will too oh yes i um when I was young, I, for many, many, many years, I was on really strong um, antidepressants, anxiety, and then sleeping medication. And it was about about a year and a half ago that I completely detoxed off of all of that. Mm. So now I live back in a world full of anxiety 24-7. But it was a really big change and something that I had been on this medication since I was like 14. Mm. Um, Like 14 to about 14 to like 21 and a half. Mm -hmm. So I was on it for a long time, you know, every single day. Um, but yeah, I decided that, you know, I, there was just like this mask over like who I really was Mm -hmm. and I, and I couldn't really see as clearly as I wanted to. So it was just something that I had to get off of. Um, and now I live this life that though I do have a lot more anxiety, I'm able to fight back my anxiety with my own voice versus mm-hmm. having, you know, this medication. I kind of masked it and kind of just listened and, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to ignore it. Now it's like without being on that medication, I can tell my anxiety and be like, no, mm-hmm. I, the person inside of me is saying no. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that that was something I had to like grow up and, you know, really mature and really realize for myself, though it helps some people and which is amazing. It didn't really help me. If anything, it was wanting and making me, you know, want to go into my bedroom and go cover myself up with the covers Mm -hmm. and just seeing all these ideas and ambitions and goals, you know, just walk out of the house and me being okay with it. And, you know, I kind of had realized, no, I'm not okay with that. And I'm tired of watching everything around me and feeling that, oh, I'm a little bit tired. So I'm actually going to go ahead and give up. And now I live this life of, no, I don't give up which is really awesome and it's helped out a lot because there's sometimes I get really like tough and hard on myself during some of like my emotional states which I'm very quiet about a lot of people they never get to you know see or hear that about especially in um, the film industry just because it's a very <laughs> high school type mm-hmm. of you know place so it's like I don't want my words to be misconstrued anywhere right? Um, especially like if I tell somebody oh I'm having a bad mental day I don't want somebody to just go ahead and be like alright let's go ahead and slash your career yeah or like <laughs> spread the idea I think 
And that's a big struggle too, because the idea that mental health mm-hmm. is something that's kind of taboo and that people can't talk about and we should never be open about the struggles that we have, um, I think is something that people are only starting to break down now because mm-hmm. it is something that there's a big stigma around, yeah. but we all suffer from problems. You know, we all suffer from depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And so I think the more that people are willing to talk about it as much mm-hmm. as they're comfortable, um, I think it can be really healing for themselves. And I think also too, for other people, because they're mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh, I have, I feel the same way. And people who might look up to you would be like, Oh my gosh, I feel the same way. Like, you know, maybe it's okay that I feel this mm-hmm. way because she feels this way too. And, you know, and it, it kind of like, um, incorporates like that human connection that I think a lot of us are really missing these days. Intimacy, exactly. Intimacy doesn't have to, you know, start and stop in the bedroom. Intimacy mm-hmm. can just be within a friendship. You know, it's a little, uh, why a lot of people will use the hotlines, but a lot of people also won't use hotlines because there's a lack of intimacy there. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they just want to talk to anybody. They want to talk to the certain somebody mm-hmm. and that's more meaningful and it allows like their heart and their mind to connect and Mm -hmm. I find that that's very important so being there for people and being that friend and being that person that maybe um, you know if you can't empathize but even just sympathizing with them just doing something that small um, is extremely helpful and I'm for it so <laughs> do you have a close group of friends and do you have a you don't have a close <laughs> I thought your second question was gonna be like do you have friends I was gonna be I like mean- Holly I don't I don't have any friends <laughs> I have a dog I tried to bring my dog here today Holly told me no it has nothing to do with me I love dogs no, no, I'm just kidding. I just asked. I, I love to bring Riley everywhere. No, I don't really have any friends. That sounds so awful. <laughs> I Well, no, it's it's not. But oh. I, I understand how you feel. It is. I don't have a ton of friends either. I have like friends, right? I have like acquaintances and people that I like. Yeah. But I think it's it's difficult finding people who you can like really connect with. Yeah. And um, I mean, for me, especially as I get older, it's really hard. And, and especially when you, and it's so, it sounds so silly, but it's like the more successful you become, like mm-hmm. the more difficult it is to really procure and hold on to friendships because just being busy, like the lack of time that we have, yeah. you know, to spend with other people is like ridiculous. And yeah. just the constant, like having to flake on each other. And, um, I think also too, just, uh, you know, there's other factors that come into play. And sometimes you wonder if people want to be your friend for like, do they really like you? Or is it like, because they can get something out of mm-hmm. you? I think that's kind of almost more of like an LA thing than anything. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, you know, like, cause you're not from here, right? No, not from here at all. <laughs> do you find it hard? Do you find like, how do you feel about LA? Do you find that there's like a disconnect here? I think LA is great. I think LA is, I think LA is great for what it brings to the table Mm. and what it brings to the table for positivity. I think that it does have a land of opportunities, uh, but I think that for some reason it more so paints the golden brick road, but it doesn't actually have one. Mm. It, it, it televises one, you know, for everybody to see across all the lands. But then when you really come here, it doesn't really have one. Mm. You then have to make your own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the biggest thing that people have to realize out here. Um, I think within our industry, especially out here in LA, a lot of people, they, 
they want to add stereotypes to it. They think you got to come out here, you got to party, you got to be, you know, this type of person. Yeah, meet you, the right people. You have to meet the party right with people. the right people. Yeah. You have to get into the right areas. Oh, you don't like LA until until you've met this right person, till you've been to the right area and you know, just for me, that's not really how I live my life. And, you know, with the party scenes and everything like that, um, you know, because originally, I mean, originally, originally, I was a girl that was going to go to college and, you know, I was going to, I was going to be some sort of an entrepreneur through there as well, you mm-hmm. know, within my life of some sort of way, I was still going to be extremely business successful in some sort of way. So no, I've never lived my life like that wanting to meet the right people and get in with the right crowds. Mm-hmm. And I've just never lived my life like that. And so like when I come out here and it's like, I want to meet people who work hard, who people who are dedicated, people who are real, people who are not, you know, painting themselves with this, you know, facade of, you know, these materialistic objects of why they, why it makes them so good and their credibility with their social media status and all. I've never cared about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Because some of the world's richest and most famous people on this planet don't have any of that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's not how they live their life. They're not out there partying. They're not out there, you know, trying to rep their Gucci on their Instagram, you know, page and by going live or, you know, hanging out with strippers or, you know, hanging out with famous celebrities and, you know, recording those videos and trying to make sex tapes with them. None of those people who are extremely successful, who laid down the foundations for American business are doing any of that. Mm -hmm. And that's just, those are not the types of people that I idolize and I've never idolized. And I still continue to be baffled at why people do idolize these types of people. And they're all bread here in LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a huge facade with, with social media. And I mean, you know, I think we, we all, it's hard to tease out like your real life from the social media life. Cause I, you know, I do the same as I think everybody does. You put like your best posts on social media, you know, like this is, I had a great, even when you didn't have a great shoot, I had a great shoot today with so-and-so. Even if you didn't, (laughs) you know, we're like really proud of this Mm -hmm. like collaboration, even if you're not like this person's so great. No, they're not really, but it's just like, you know, and then like trying to be authentic (laughs) to yourself and trying to kind of separate out those two people. I will tell you like personally, I don't have a lot of close friends. I really don't. But mm-hmm. most of them do not. I won't even say don't work in the adult entertainment industry. Just don't work in entertainment. A lot of them are like doctors or lawyers or um, yoga teachers. I need like a or school teachers profile for like friends <laughs> because that that's what I need. But the problem is, is that with me, with making friends, first off, people look at my age. Mm-hmm. I'm 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, so most of the people that I want to hang out with are not 22. Mm-hmm. So then when I want to go find like a group of like 30 year olds, they're like, what's this kid doing here? And I'm yeah. like, I'm not a kid. And then they're, they're <laughs> like, so what does she do for a living while we're all lawyers and doctors yeah. and astronauts? And I'm like, oh, I work in the adult entertainment they're like so you mean porn none of them want to be friends with me yeah. <laughs> that, that's kind of like where the problem you know that 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 definitely is like a big part of the problem because a lot of people that i try to make friends with you know they uh see the type of career that i'm working and they they're very judgmental just mm-hmm. on that people there they want to take advantage of you they want you hey send me nudes oh i want to do this oh i want to go out on a date with you 
or I want to hang out with you. And then from there, it turns into some sort of like harassment type of situation. Mm-hmm. Or if you say no, unfortunately, there's it's, it's not very safe, you mm-hmm. know, to make friends outside of the industry. Um, and then the other half of the people are just extremely judgmental. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be your friend. They yeah. they want nothing to do with you, and they want nothing to do with that. Um, so you feel like the stigma of the adult industry, like out there surrounding big you, time, yeah. big time. When 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 I'm looking for like genuine relationships and friendships, and you know things of that sort, yes, I find it extremely hard. I think when, especially when you're trying to be real, you mm-hmm. know, you go up to somebody, you're like, I want to go out to a nice lunch with you because I just want to be friends, mm-hmm. and. Again, if they're not inside the industry, you're dealing with one of those two types of situations where they want to take it one step further because they want to see how much that they can get out of you. Mm-hmm. They just don't only want to be a friend. Or the other half, they just they want nothing to do with you. And then inside the industry, I've tried to make friends, you know, with people inside the industry as well. Ninety nine percent of them gonna go ahead and split them into two other groups as well. You have the one half, uh, they are, oh, okay, well let let's get on Snapchat, let's take pictures of our lunch, let's do some content afterwards. I'm like, No, this is my day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't wanna do that. I would just like to hang out would really like to just have a nice lunch um and then you know the i would say the other half in the industry they're they just flake you yeah know? And, and 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 <laughs> they don't even, and they don't even you know it's it's not even a matter of oh oh i'm doing something really important it's like no i'm just flaking on you because i'm kind of just being an asshole mm-hmm. and i've decided that i have something better to do mm-hmm. and you're like cool thank you i can tell that you're not being that serious and mm-hmm. then they're just gonna go ahead and not text me for forever on and i'm just like that's not how it works with me. I get long distance relationships and friendships and, you know, um, I get that. I, I grew up a military brat. I grew up very long distance. You know, I would go months, you know, year, you know, without speaking to close family, you know, mm. to, to this day, same as I think I'm okay with that. But so you're kind of used to isolation because you moved around a yeah, lot and you would forge, mm-hmm. create friendships and then you would have to move. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can and imagine a, that'd be difficult. And a lot of the, the thing is, is a lot of those people that I was friends with back from being a military brat, I can rekindle with them so mm-hmm. much faster than I could rekindle with somebody in our industry because mm-hmm. of the lack of genuine personalities. It's like, if you don't want to hang out with somebody, you don't want to be around them. And all that you want to do is just have content with them. And you just want to, you know, be social media people for the day, then you just need to say that. Stop putting the word friend in front of it because there's a lot of abuse and usage that happen in this industry, which creates a lack of trust. And that's why everybody feels the way that they do. And, you know, when we walk, when people walk into rooms, why there's clicks in the industry, you know, a group over there, a group over there, a group over there. But for some weird reason, you know, during small, small talk, everybody loves each other. Then you get them in one big room with each other and nobody wants to hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they lied. I don't know really what else to say. I'm just like sitting here. I'm sitting back. I watch it all. Like I look at it. And I was like, come on, guys. Why don't you guys just be a little bit more real? So it all gets very complicated, I think. Um, and it's showbiz where it, it's showbiz. I, I think that's also part of the biggest part of the problem is, you know, we're not meant to be as authentic as possible. We're supposed to be a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And 
I can get very difficult and it can also get it very mind boggling, you know, again, where you had said, um, you know, trying to make the difference between, you know, the showbiz and keeping the fantasy, but also trying to stay true to yourself makes mm-hmm. it really difficult. Um, I find that 99% of people are really, really, really good at selling the fantasy, but they're not good at coming back to who they, who they really are. Mm-hmm. And describing and telling people, hey, there is a difference. You know, I'm going to go ahead and cut this just for a second. We're going to go ahead and be real just for a second. People don't want to do that. But also, um, too, I wonder if people don't know how to do that. I don't think that they do. You I, know? I, I agree. I don't think that they do know how to do that. And even myself, I think that I lack that skill sometimes. And it's something that I'm currently trying to figure out about myself and, you know, for myself is how can I connect the two so that way, you know, um, you know, stage name aside, you know, my, the real me and then the Lacey Lennon, that way I can kind of come in the middle and harmonize the two without having to be like, who am I today? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's really amazing names, you know, in the industry that are able to do that. Um I'm just going to go ahead and shout out one person. I don't even have to, but I am. But I think like somebody like Abigail Mack is somebody mm-hmm. who I look up to a yeah, lot. Yeah, she's amazing. I look up to her all the time anytime that I'm finding myself like in a really like moment of darkness um she's always told me that I can reach out to her at any point in time anytime that I need her um, yeah she's a really authentic person it's is. so funny because I just shot her literally last week and she was talking about the exact same thing that you were just saying about going to lunch with someone and how like they're like oh like yeah let's get together and then, then we'll like shoot some snapchat content and stuff like that and abigail mack has like a huge snapchat yeah. like following <laughs> yeah. like business like she does really well in that and she was even saying like no i don't want to do that i want to literally just have lunch and like talk about our lives and talk mm-hmm. about ourselves and not like put it on social media and exactly. not make it a work thing so well, because anything that i want to talk about or do at lunch is not going to deal with work i yeah. think that's also another thing is like I, it's not gonna be sexy I, nobody wants you to snapchat talking about your feelings <laughs> exactly <laughs> like i want to talk like i want to get into politics i want to get into science i want to mm-hmm. get into you know the podcast that i listen to mm-hmm. i want to get on you know just a more real level because Again, a lot of times that Lacey Lennon, you know, figure on set, I don't want to be a boner killer because yeah. if it was up to me, I would talk about, you know, that stuff on set as well, but I'm not going to. Yeah. So it's like I either I find myself a lot of time either in isolation or with my dog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I, I don't mind being by myself at all. It's something that I, 99% of the time I prefer, you know, mm-hmm. to be alone. I'm very independent. I'm an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I very much so I love to just, you know, be an individual and I don't like to have any restraints or anything. Um, I think that if I had more people that I did connect with and more people that I feel like I could, um, that I could, uh, I'm like, why, why, why am I like missing out on this word? Um, starts with a C. I'm like, rrr, 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 rrr. like, we well, already said connect, so it's not <laughs> no, that word. No, it's not connect. Um, oh man, scratch that. Jeez, I wish that. That's okay. I just lost. I it. do the same thing. I'm, I'm like, I'll be, on, <laughs> I'll be on this tangent, and I'm like throwing all these great vocabulary words out, and then I'm like reaching for the one that's going to make me sound so intelligent and so verbose and you know what I mean exactly. like all those things and I'm like and then I forgot words I know it's exactly <laughs> what it's and then it just ruins the whole like point that I was gonna make and this epiphany that I had and uh, yeah I know it's all good I get it <laughs> just to um 
I was like, yeah, I've, I've lost it all, Holly. I've that's lost okay. it all. Aw, that's okay. okay you know what? Actually, that's perfect because we need to uh, go to a commercial break okay. to hear from our sponsors. And when we come back, you're going to remember that word. And we're going to talk about um, the Bunny Ranch. Perfect. We're going to talk about some new projects that you've been working on and a project that you and I have coming up. Awesome. Yay. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Guys. Nice. Fuck. See? <laughs> stay tuned, guys. Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Care of Vitamins. You guys, summer is over and it is fall, my favorite time of year. And this is a great time to set some new goals and get back into your healthy routine. A big part of feeling good and being healthy is making sure that you take your daily vitamins. But if you're like me, you have no idea what vitamins you should be taking and you don't feel like doing a ton of research, which is why I am so, so in love with Care of Vitamins. You go online, take a really easy five-minute quiz, and they will custom create a vitamin package tailored specifically for you. Best of all, they are delivered right to your door in an easily dispensable box that you can just grab a packet out, slip it in your purse or pocket, and you're out the door. I have found that as I get older, taking vitamins is such an integral part of a healthy lifestyle. And if you are not somebody who takes daily vitamins, this is the time to try it. The best part is Care Of is doing a very special offer for the fall for 50%. That's 50% off your first order. Go to takecareof.com and enter code HOLLY50. That's half off of the first order with the code HOLLY50. So, so go to takecareof.com and get on a path to a healthy routine today. Holly Randall Unfiltered is also brought to you by Dipsy Stories. Taking care of your body and mind is important. Whether you meditate, exercise, or take a hot bath to unwind like I do, with Dipsy Stories, you can now reach a whole new level of self-care. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. Something perfect to listen to in that hot bath that you use to unwind every night. Each story is created with women in mind. They're relatable and immersive. And there's something for everyone, whether you're into men, women, or maybe both at the same time. Find stories about strangers meeting on the beach in Mexico, or seeing that ex you can't stop thinking about on the subway, or a partner who wants to up the ante in the bedroom. They also have guided meditations that can help you unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your current partner. There's three brand new stories every single week, so you will always have more to explore. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash holly. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash h-o-l-l-y to activate your special offer. Whatever you're in the mood for, Dipsy always keeps it real and really hot. So we're back. 
so, Lacey, let's talk a little bit about um, your beginning in the <laughs> sex industry. So you actually Love started cakes. off uh, working at the Bunny Ranch, correct? I actually started uh, out camming when I was 18, back okay. in college. Um, so... I was working for, honestly, I don't even want to shout them out because I hate them. They're, it's, it's kind of like sickening and gross how I like got into the industry. Do I look crazy? Come here. You never look crazy. You always look beautiful. <laughs> you look beautifully disheveled. There you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like to get shower and I was like, mm, just like to do my hair, just let it like be free. I was you like, I'm hair. just going to like let it be free because this hair. is the normal me. <laughs> yeah. This is all about who you are as a human being. We're well, not doing the fantasy Lacey Lennon right now. That's later. That's in a couple days that's later um but yeah no i first started out back in college um i actually i was arrested and yeah so i was arrested back in college i had gotten into a i had gotten into basically a fight with a man um and a whole bunch of you know crazy stuff happened and i went to jail and how it ended up turning out was all the charges were all dropped Mm -hmm. um I just knew I was about to cough. Um, All the charges are, they were, they were dropped, you know, because everything was basically a lie. Um, I was being, you know, set up. It was, you know, really bad. Um, And I held my own. And so I, at that time, was working in college. I was paying for all my own schooling, you know, everything out of my own pocket. And um, I was working over at BJ's Brew House um, and wasn't making a lot of money and so when this happened when I needed the court fees and when I needed a lawyer and my family you know was trying to help it really like it upset them you know Mm -hmm. because they they didn't have the money to give you know Mm -hmm. honestly that's not something that they ever expected to happen you know in my lifetime because I wasn't really one of those kids you know to you know do something like that and so it really like freaked out my family Uh, I felt awful, uh, completely awful, and I was like, how do I make this money back and make it back quick? And I was not a good dancer, so I was like, there's no way I could strip. (laughs) (laughs) Back when I was like 18, I mean, I was just so nervous. I I grew up going to church. I grew up, you know, wearing, even to this day, there's just certain things, like I'm not, you know, a very showy type person, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I'll wear like a little bit tighter clothes, Mm -hmm. but it's like I've never a person that I wore like complete button-up polos up to Mm -hmm. like my very like all the way up Mm -hmm. here i would never show any skin Mm -hmm. i was like sunday's best was every freaking day yeah um and so uh, this just wasn't something that my family expected at all and so i needed to make the money back and i always had wanted to be in film adult porn um when i was younger back when I was like 13, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I had picked up, I think it was even younger than that when I picked up my first Playboy and Mm. I had taken it from somebody's house and like I just could not stop looking at it. And I started, you know, doing internet diving and I had like this crazy dream back in high school that I was like, I want to be a Playboy model. Mm -hmm. I was like, I I would love to be in the adult industry. So these women are beautiful. They're confident. They're sexy. Something that I wasn't, especially Mm. at that time. I was not like that at all. Mm -hmm. I was so timid and so scared, but I wanted to be free. I I wanted to be, I wanted to be exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I really, I wanted, I wanted to feel exciting and I wanted to be exciting. I wanted to be exciting for other people. 
And you wanted to be comfortable with yourself at the I most did. vulnerable, which yeah, is being naked. Exactly. The women, they felt so beautiful mm-hmm. and they were so happy mm-hmm. and they were in charge. And I could just see from these photos and these videos. And I wanted that so badly. So I'm back and I'm 18. Mm-hmm. go through all this trouble and everything and I had you know all these ideas about what I wanted my life to be what it could be and then mm-hmm. now I'm 18 I've now been arrested school's not <laughs> going so well <laughs> my family hates me <laughs> you're like I know camming I'm like what do I do I was like oh my god I was like well I was like the first thing I need to do is make my family happy which was pay them back mm-hmm. and so I did not know how to get into porn at all. Again, I had seen porn. I had seen all these girls. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, there's no way I'd be one of those girls. Mm -hmm. So I had then reached out to, and it wasn't even like a full, wasn't actually like a real cam site, like my free cams or like Mm -hmm. Jasmine or like nothing like that. And I didn't even know, you know, so I'm like, how do I know? And I, you know, partner up with this person that has this site and it's like, it's, it's camming and it's also partnered like with Snapchat, but mm-hmm. not with actual Snapchat. Mm-hmm. It was that they were using the app. So right. Gotcha. Just make sure nobody ever thinks that, you know, Snapchat partnered. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't like that at all. It was well, that they were just using the app. Yeah. Snapchat um, will never partner with anything no, adult no, no, related. No. So all that Snapchat exactly. stuff that people do is through a third party. Exactly. Yeah. And it was, it was a third party thing and I didn't know, but I was having these girl, girl shows with my girlfriends back in college and I was making easy, like $800 a night mm. doing these shows and I was like this is the best mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and you like girls right I like love you like, girls you yes. dated girls yes. before guys mm-hmm. yeah yeah. so was, for me that was a very interesting thing growing up in the south like my family was always just kind of like no you don't it's it's always just been a phase it's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. never not been a phase like yeah. even to this day I feel like if I were to ask my mom about it she'd be like oh I, I think it's still just a phase <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. And I'm like, it's never been a phase and it's not a phase. (laughs) It's just like, um, if it was my choice right now, like I would love to be like in a pan relationship with like a man and a woman. Like Mm. that would be like my perfect world. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm a little greedy, but I I got a lot of love to give. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was having the time of my life back in college. Yeah. Um, I was making all this money. I was partying like crazy. School was going okay and good. Mm-hmm. Um, work, not what wasn't like real work, you mm-hmm. know, wasn't, wasn't going that well. Um, and so I'd committed, you know, to doing like this cam thing. It started, you know, and then it started slowly like dying off and I didn't really know what to do because I had spent all my money, of course, you know, mm-hmm. you make all this money, paid all my parents or pay, paid my parents back. Um, then I'm making more money and then I spend it all. And then, you know, I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to do anything like that. So I would start, you know, I started doing all these things and that's kind of like where when I came into porn, people were just like, oh, how do you know how to market yourself? And I'm like, because I failed for like the past, I don't know, three and a half years and I'm just now doing it okay. Experience is the best teacher. <laughs> Experience is the best teacher and I'm so grateful for yeah. it. Um, so then after that, um, I did do some light stripping over mm-hmm. in that same area. And at this time I was over at like the Reno, Nevada area because mm-hmm. that's where I went to college. Um, and I was awful again, completely awful. <laughs> I'm not a good stripper. I think now, I think, I think now I could probably that I've learned, you know, yeah. but it, it's not so much a natural thing for me. Yeah. Um, the type of dancing that I love is very musical, 
very show type. I would love to one day have my own burlesque show, which is in my like 10 year plan. Yeah, actually. I can see that. Burlesque is something that I can do. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to add a little bit of jazz hands to it, like I'm your girl, but you <laughs> tap want tap dancing, the- burlesque tap dancing. <laughs> That's like a thing though. I mean, no, it really is like, but, but that, that type of arts is, you know, more so like where I lie again in college, I was an opera major. So very much so like that like classic arts is mm-hmm. just kind of like where like my heart and soul is but mm-hmm. it has an erotic flair mm-hmm. um and so I didn't do so well there and at that time I was in beauty school I had left college because I dropped out mm-hmm. um I couldn't afford it I mean just as simple like I think if I had the money you know back when I was 18 and if I had my school was completely paid for I probably would have still stayed in school mm-hmm. honestly um, I love my career so much and like I wouldn't go and I, th- I think I would have I think I would have stayed in college mm-hmm. I think I still would have came over this path some sort mm-hmm. of way but I do think I would have gotten my degree I'm just one of those people that yeah I started working for my parents when I was about 20 and I was about halfway through college yeah. and I kind of like knew that this was going to be like my career and mm-hmm. I knew I was going to take over for my mom yeah. but I still went and finished college and got my degree just yeah, because exactly like I knew I would never use it but mm-hmm. I was like I just want to finish this and like exactly and and but I, it, I had parents to pay for it to be <laughs> honest so you know what I mean yes lucky you <laughs> yeah a little privileged um, I get that <laughs> uh so at this time I was over at beauty school I was working at In-N-Out Burger and I was working at a warehouse as well. And then I was also working partially over at a nail salon. So I was working like two and a half jobs while going to school just to be able to pay for my life. And I had stepped away from the sex industry just because I had cared about what my family thought so badly. Mm -hmm. And they were just so against it. And they're like, you can do it. They're like, you don't have to do that easy way out. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, that's what they kept calling it. But for some reason, like in my head, it wasn't clicking as like an easy way out because I was like it's not that easy yeah it's always <laughs> from people who like haven't worked in the industry. i know i'm just, I'm just like, like oh that easy way out. i was like have you ever been on so like, for 18 hours it's not that easy, <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> so i'm crying outside of my beauty school because i'm like living off of like 20 bucks bi-weekly is what wow. i was living off of mm-hmm. and it was really rough like i was so skinny it, crazy like what I look like now to like what I look like then I was so skinny um I just wasn't doing like a lot of like the right things in my life Mm -hmm. and you know I had this one girlfriend she saw me crying outside and she's like what are you crying for blunt as can be right Mm -hmm. what are you crying for well I'm crying because I'm sad and I don't have a lot of money and then she's like shut up (laughs) and then she's like have you ever heard of the bunny ranch i'm like no i've never heard of the bunny ranch (laughs) she's like you're beautiful you're young she's like shut up call them and get your life together had she was she working there did she She okay i was gonna say because that's that's kind of a random thing to say to a friend unless you have some experience in that area and and, and we weren't even like friend friends either that you know i'm just i'm being nice (laughs) but um, she's an acquaintance she was an awesome person but uh so i emailed dennis hoff uh later that night and i'm so nervous and i'm not really sure i'm not really understanding I, i went on did a little bit of research um Went onto their website, started looking. I kind of thought that I kind of understood. Uh, but at the age of like 20, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, 
So this is like Moulin Rouge. I love Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, I could be Nicole Kidman. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. And I'm like, that's literally what I'm thinking. I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm, I was very mature, but still not very mature. Mm-hmm. And, um, go, or, so I email Dennis. I don't think that he's gonna, you know, I, I'm so nervous and I'm laying in bed. Not even 30 minutes later, he emails me back and I'm like, whoa and uh, he says i need ids now you know just make sure before he continues any part of the conversation send him ids you know because you have to be over the age of 18 and he didn't want to talk to a minor from there then he told me come out to the bunny ranch and that was kind of a crazy experience because like i didn't know as like a working girl when you go up to the bunny ranch when you ring on the bell you're supposed to ring twice because if you ring twice then all the girls don't run up. If you ring it just once, they think that I'm a client. Oh. So I'm coming over there for my meeting with Dennis Hoff, and I ring that buzzer, and all these girls stand up in this lineup like I'm a client, and I'm so confused. <laughs> that must have been really me, strange. It was so strange. They gave me the evilest faces on this planet. Like, you want to talk about, like... They were just so disappointed and yeah. like they were not hot. They're like, oh, another new girl. Kind of like how people feel yeah, and, and born about like, oh, another new girl. More competition. Except for they were lined up in a line. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> all eyes on me. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what is this place? I'm like, they're all so pretty, but they're all so evil looking. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, um, I had met Dennis Hoff. And that was actually when I had met Dennis Hoff. I believe it was the day after Hugh Hefner actually passed away. Mm. And that like was heartbreaking to me because mm-hmm. like that was a really big dream of mine was to meet Hugh Hefner one day. Mm-hmm. Um, how I had said earlier, like when I was young, when I had seen, you know, the films and, um, the the magazines it was it was through playboy and mm-hmm. i had always you know wanted to be like a playboy bunny that was you know the, like the little childish dream inside and i was mm-hmm. like no he died and like cried and so dennis showed me his picture of him and Hugh and they got matching sunglasses together and then like he let me wear them and I thought that was really cool of him uh, but yeah Dennis led me in a pretty good path I think uh, from there I started working over the bunny ranch and I moved in and I lived and worked there for just about a year mm-hmm. and that was insane it was was it what you expected no I didn't have any expectations I mm-hmm. like I walked into I walked into another realm <laughs> It's just like it's it's unexplainable. I mean, the place doesn't really have any windows. Um, it's nice. It's, it's it's very like well kept and maintained and everything. But again, I didn't really have any expectations. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Uh, my first party, uh, Air Force Amy, actually negotiated uh, the party for me, and this person spoke no English, zero, none, zero. I don't even know how Amy like got it out of him. And, like mm-hmm. she just kept like, yelling numbers at him, yeah. and like he like finally agreed to a number. And I'm like, yeah. what are we doing? Yeah. She's like, you're having the sex. <laughs> I was like, is that what we do here? (laughs) That's me. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so nervous. I'm like, what is happening? I was like, oh my God, okay, we just negotiated. I was like, okay, this is like really, really happening. So wait, okay, so it was a party, (laughs) so there was more than you. No, 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 no. We, um, over at the brothels, you call them parties just because it's better than just saying like, your client or your oh okay so it's a one-on-one party yes gotcha gotcha, gotcha. whether it's like two girls and one guy one girl one guy no matter what they always call them parties so Mm -hmm. okay that's some insider it just makes it nicer it's it it, it is a 
nicer way to like have them like not think about it. And then yeah. at the end of the experience, there's there's intercoms in the bedrooms because right. there's no locks or anything. Um, the person will come in on the intercom and say, "Hi, honey, it's time to reparty." And that's again a very nice way, you know, because a lot of times clients will be like, "What's a party?" And you're just like, "It's our experience," you know, mm-hmm. versus saying booking because some people yeah. might get really offended and be like, "I just spent ten thousand dollars, and you're just gonna think of me like a booking." Yeah, you know, it's when like, you like put the monetary mm-hmm. like transactional yes. words in there because you want to talk about selling a fantasy yeah, i mean that place is so much more there are no cuts there are no edits there are, there's nothing so when people yeah. are coming in they're coming in for the real deal like mm-hmm. i give those i give those girls like the biggest props on this planet mm-hmm. i have so much um I just respect them so much, you know, out of, I mean, that and strippers, I think that out of like the respect that I have for sex workers, for Mm -hmm. me personally, it goes, um, like brothels and strippers are very like hand in hand, like Mm -hmm. about like the respect that I have for them. Um, I would probably say I would go mass respect to strippers, mass respect to brothels, mass respect then to porn stars Mm -hmm. and then cam. Mm -hmm. If I had, because I have worked every single fucking one of those. Like whenever like I see girls that come into porn, they've never done anything in their life. And I just see them getting, they get this and they get this and they get this and they get that. I just laugh and I don't even care because I'm just like that. That that's not what a real sex worker is. It's a much more controlled environment. Yeah. And it also obviously it depends on who you work with, but you're mm-hmm. generally working with other professionals. Like as a porn star, if you're doing a scene, you know, with like Manuel Ferrara, like you're doing a scene with somebody who's a professional. Like he knows how yeah. to have sex. He knows how to you know, if you're working with but, somebody at the bunny ranch, I'm gonna assume that guy's not a professional. Exactly. None so, of them ever are. You're, right. you're working with real people, you're working with some of the most vulnerable people on this planet mm-hmm. because for First off, you're asking a man to pull down his pants. You're asking a man to then open up his wallet. Mm. And then you're asking him, hey, now go ahead and take off your fancy belt, your fancy shoes. Go ahead and set down all your stuff. Go ahead and trust me for an hour. You know, you're asking a lot out of Mm -hmm. them and then to have to deal with their emotions. I was going to say, I've heard a lot of people who've done like escorting and brothel mm -hmm. work that uh, like only a small part of the experience is usually sex and a lot of it's it is so emotional is talking and to, just like almost wanting that like human bond like a lot of it's just talking day, i mean you're selling when when i say like the fantasy the the, the fantasy isn't hardcore crazy vigorous sex like it's that, not porno sex that's and it's not really even what that they want you know what i mean because like you know, going a million miles per hour, you know, on their penis isn't actually what's going to make them feel good. Mm. You know, the cuddling and being slow and being sensational and giving them everything that they're lacking in their personal life. Mm-hmm. You know, again, as much as, you know, that crazy wild sex on porn, you know, how amazing that it looks. Well, that's why it needs to look that way is because it's purely visual. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the slowed down intimacy in real life, uh, it's you're you're more it's easy to make them pop. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's just like, but if you're just visually on the computer and they're doing it themselves with their own skills, you have to be crazy online. You just do. You have to give them those visualizations. But just having that 
skill in the bedroom um and then again dealing with their emotions it's a lot because you have to have real sexual skill to be able to work at the brothels you mm. can't just lay there and just act like you're gonna get fucked mm-hmm. like because which a lot of porn stars do which they do and there's a lot of girls over the brothels that do as well and they and they wonder oh i wonder why i'm not making that much money it's just like well first off you would have to get prettier just to lay there and just to get fucked like that mm-hmm. and i'm just like and second off nobody's pussies that is that good like yeah. i don't know what else to say just laying there i'm just being a dead doll they might as well get a sex doll like that's not what they want to see you just want to give them a little bit of that intimacy just kiss them um being kissed over at the brothels usually costs double and mm -hmm, so i mean i know for myself with girlfriend experiences like if it wasn't girlfriend experience like there was no kissing involved Mm -hmm. and that was a really big deal because that is what sells there is the intimacy um what exactly entails a girlfriend experience so kissing i think everybody um as a disclaimer everybody's uh girlfriend experience is different when you work at the brothels uh we are the girls are independent contractors so they make their own menus own prices Mm -hmm. Everything is just in the power of negotiation. So mm. it's a very, it's, it's, it's a barter situation, you know, mm-hmm. um, depending on what that they have and what that they want and then what service, you know, would she like to give, um, for me, a lot of times, my girlfriend experience, it, it all just kind of depended because sometimes I would have like virgin girlfriend experiences. Um, mm. I was known a lot for being with virgins. I get my virgins message me all the time on social media still to this wow. day. Um, I'm still in contact with like a lot of my clientele back from Bunny Ranch just on a talking basis. Mm-hmm. That's all that it is. Um just because I won't illegally escort. Um, it's just not something that is too scary for me. Yeah, <laughs> I, totally. I, I hear about all, I mean, like everybody to each is their own, but I hear so many scary stories and I just know that I'm probably that person that, you know, the first time yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, of course it would be me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah. we both know <laughs> like, I'm not going to play dumb. <laughs> like, can I call my parents real quick? <laughs> you know, I just, I don't want to do that. I'm too scared. So especially cause I know that we do have a legal system and then we also have have these girls that are fighting tooth and nail trying to get it decriminalized a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't know that they're trying to get it decriminalized either which I think is a really amazing and big thing because if we can get it decriminalized, then we can have more brothels and more safer places for these girls to yeah. go. And that's amazing because not only, see, in porn, we do bi-weekly testing and uh, over at the brothels, it's weekly. It's mm. mandatory. It's once a week. Not only that, in porn... We have our blood drawn and we peed in a cup. Over at the brothels, a doctor actually sees you once a week. You lay up on that table. Um, you lay up on that table and they actually open you up with a speculum and they go ahead and swab you. They look at you and they take your blood. Oh, wow. So I have, I have a little bit more respect for the brothels. And Dennis had always told me, like, going into film, it's a little bit more of a dirtier game. Mm. And I never knew really, like, what he meant until I came into, you know, after he passed away and I came into porn. Mm. Um, I would say I was a lot less sick over at the brothels. Um, I, again, I think also too, I would imagine that you're having sex with guys. It's funny because, you know, some people, there's been like a big stigma around at least things are so much better now because I think like people are really calling for more equality across Mm -hmm. the board in terms of sex workers. But, you know, I've been in the industry a long time and see like 10 years ago, like escorting was really looked down on Mm -hmm. in the porn industry and girls would actually refuse to work with other girls who like supposedly escorted on the side if there was like rumors about it. But if you think about it, generally the, the guys that the girls are having sex with are not people who are having sex with a bunch of other people, like how it is with, (laughs) 
with porn, you know what I mean? Like usually they're not as prolific in their sexual activities. So actually, generally, they tend to be almost like less at risk to carry STDs and give you something. Yeah, I agree. They, a lot of times they'll be the clients um, through the brothels. I can't speak for all the other girls, but I know that a lot of my clients were very, very, very nice that they would actually go and get tested before they'd come and see mm. me. Condoms are mandatory. I'm going bareback is illegal. Mm-hmm. That is like, you know, the biggest of, you know, why if you go to a brothel, you will have to wear a condom. That's mm-hmm. like the toughest part. But the thing is, as I promise you, they're really that good that you won't even notice that it's there because any time that I ever asked afterwards they were always like no I forgot and I was like that's what I thought because you were lacking yeah. sex in the first place now you're gonna complain about sex with a condom we well, could just have no sex it's yeah. like no that's that's not about to happen um but yeah um e- yeah overall um I just I really enjoyed the experience mm-hmm. you know I I really 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 did I mean and that would lead people to the question be like so why'd you leave well, the little dream that I had on the inside of I wanted to be seen, I wanted to grow and I wanted to feel beautiful. And I'd started coming to a point in my life where I felt that I was starting to really blossom, you know, as like this young flower and that I was ready to be seen and ready to show people what I could do and what I wanted to do. Um, and that's why I made that big jump. Do you think that working at the brothel maybe helped you with your self-confidence because your clientele, I would imagine, was probably very appreciative of you? Like, did you feel kind of like they gave you the confidence to see yourself as the beautiful person that you are? And then you thought, okay, I'm ready like think, to take the next step to film. I think like, <laughs> I think what raised my confidence so much was my ability to negotiate and the power mm. of the mind. Honestly, I think once I read more and I researched more and then I had that experience behind me of talking to these professionals who are CEOs of to this day I could pull up apps on the Apple App Store and point out several like within top five apps within the technology medical and science apps and I have fucked their CEOs mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that they have come and seen me before so are you so saying that like, you actually learned like business negotiations from I some of the did. people oh my gosh they taught me so much and Dennis always also told me you know to there's one thing about being a beautiful girl but he's like but you want to be a smart girl Mm. and he goes and you will be a smart girl and I said yes Dennis I will be a smart girl Um, and that was something that I made a promise to him that I was like I will always be a smart girl Mm -hmm. and he knew that from the very moment that he's like I can see it he's like you can just see it in your eyes and he goes and I never want you to be taken advantage of and before I had came to Bunny Ranch I was really scared, you know, to go to Bunny as well, just because, you know, I'd been in relationships of like really, really awful violence and just really awful things that had happened that, you know, I didn't think that I could ever be around a man again, almost, you know, I just things that I've taken me a very long time, you know, to build back up Mm -hmm. um, and to kind of, you know, bring those pieces back together. Uh, But Dennis told me, he goes, when I told him about the stories, he goes, well, now it's time to take all their money. <laughs> I like that. And I was like, that's a good way of looking at it, Dennis. And he was just like, everything that any man has ever taken from you, he goes, it's your turn to take it from them. And that meant so much to me. Mm. And, you know, to become powerful and to be strong and to know that whatever it is that I'd wanted with the power of my mind and my speech, that I could get it. Mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't have to do anything else. He goes, you don't have to do anything sexual. 
He goes, you don't have to touch them. He goes, you don't have to look at them. He goes, but with your power of your negotiation, you can get what you want. And being that I'm able to do that without having to rub myself up on somebody first or touch somebody or do a favor before Mm -hmm. I ask, being that I can ask, get what I want before I absolutely do anything, I think that's what raised my confidence. Mm, Interesting. I worked very hard at just owning you know recognizing your self-worth which i think is really hard for a lot of people to do even i struggle with that when like negotiating Mm -hmm. my rate for something i'll i almost always lowball myself yeah and i have to remind myself like okay not only does like 20 years of experience come with this but also like i've spent a lot of money on equipment and just like you know i have a significant social media following like just all of those things i think i think it's something that is hard for I think especially too as women we struggle with that exactly especially as being like a woman I had severely struggled with that and still to this day I'll struggle with it yeah. but I'm extremely grateful and thankful for my time that I did work over at the brothel um, for allowing me to grow and meeting such beautiful and strong and smart capable women all under one roof of a house mm-hmm. and being able to grow and being around all these superior creatures really And then at the end of the day, I mean, they're all just people. And I think that they were a really awesome, amazing sense of, or they're, they're such an amazing community of women because these women are wives, they're moms, and they work their asses off and they hustle like no other. And then they go home and they leave it all behind Mm. and seeing and being around these types of personalities in my past to kind of not it kind of it did it just showed me who I want to be and they allowed me to grow and you know be around personalities again that I one day want to embody myself and that's just being you know a hard worker but also being as genuine as possible and just being a badass and yeah I'm 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 extremely grateful for it and rest in peace Dennis because you know I was a part of American history and before it was too late and that was amazing and so now I'm here today (laughs) yeah it sounds like you definitely learned a lot from him and I really love how you've painted a different picture of um you know working in a brothel than I think most people imagine yeah um because there's a lot of mystery around it a lot of people don't want to talk about it (laughs) and it's something that's kind of taboo so I really appreciate that you're so open about it I wish that you know you know why it is because people are fucking hung up about sex I guess I'm over (laughs) here like I don't know why it's taboo it's I'm I'm just a millennial over here. Like that's weird. Why would that ever be taboo? What does taboo even mean? <laughs> so um, I want to. We're gonna have to wrap up the interview soon, sadly. But I do want to ask you about. Um, well, first of all, one of the other things that makes me sad about you being sick, besides obviously me caring for your I welfare, <laughs> is that you are like a fucking unbelievable opera singer. Yes. Like unreal so I remember the first time I heard you I think you started singing on set and I didn't know and I was like did someone like put on fucking the opera I'm like what the (laughs) hell is that and I come around and it's you and I was like whoa and that's like I mean so for me I have a terrible voice I sound like a dying cat so like I have a huge amount of admiration Mm -hmm. for people who can sing well I think it's such an incredible talent to have Um, it's such an amazing manifestation of um, the beauty that human beings possess and you know the art the artistic display that one can have Mm -hmm. so um, and opera is like next level you know there's like you know being able to like sing a little 
Diddy or fucking yeah. Britney Spears and then offers <laughs> like the next level. It's like really amazing and moving. So um, you were going to sing for us today, but you're not feeling well, so you're I not know, going to. I'm so sorry. That's totally everyone. okay. <laughs> you guys can go see her sing <coughs> in the new Axel Braun Captain Marvel movie, it's right? It's not opera, though, so I will Still, say, it is. yes, sing. I am singing, and I'm very excited. It is a parody mm-hmm. from the, there was a song that Celine Dion did, mm-hmm. and she sings this song and she's in this beautiful dress and she's on a stage and then Deadpool comes out wearing heels and starts dancing around Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is where Axel had gotten his idea. Right. I don't know if we're going to fully do that, but I do know um, in time for the movie being released that they did make it the um, the main soundtrack for um, when they bring all the characters in at the beginning. What's the name of the song? Um, it is... I don't know what the parody name is. I think oh the parody name is Asses. And because the song was called Ashes. Oh gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> Clever. gotcha. Clever. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm really excited for that. It releases on September thirtieth um, of this month. So oh, just wow. about another week. So that So be- yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, that movie will be oh, out. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'm really excited. I haven't even seen the full movie yet. I haven't even seen a trailer yet, but yeah. you know, knowing him, like it's gonna be very epic it's gonna be epic and it's all secret secret until you know so but they started releasing some pictures it's an insane uh movie just because how the entire process started well he didn't even i wasn't even in the original um the original script actually when he did it but he needed to add another character and he needed a female and he thought of Jean Grey and he was like who better yet to play Jean Grey than Lacey and I was like oh my god thank you like a little kid inside because when I went to beauty school it was for FX makeup and so something that I love is like you know the sci-fi FX and um just I'm a huge comic book fan I have Mm -hmm. like I have like boxes of comic books like it's insane like I'm such a comic book fan so I was really grateful, actually. And then the costumes that he does for him are crazy because yeah. they're completely custom made, like mm-hmm. to your body and shoes included. Like the shoes are sewn into the costume. So if you take off the costume, the shoes come with it. Mm. And so the entire sex scene is also done inside the costume. So, and I can't say who I'd had my sex scene with either, except for. It was ridiculously hot. I was just going to say, I bet it looks beautiful, but I bet it was horrible It to was film. horrible to film. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what they say about it, about the people that I worked with. I'm sure that they're... Okay, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. If, knowing them... If they went on a live thing, was like, so how was it? They'd probably, both of them are such professionals. They'd be like, it was so amazing. Yeah. It was the best costume to have sex in ever. Yeah. And I'm over here like, it wasn't, it was not the best costume ever. It was the worst. I was dying. But the thing is, is like, I think I was like the second to least dying. Like the first person dying was our male talent. Mm. And I feel so bad. We had like, everybody was on standby on the sidelines with like ice packs and like waiting for him to say cut and like to go throw them and you know, oh my gosh it was some of the most some of like the (laughs) most cinematic and beautiful porn scenes are the worst to film worst experiences ever i think some of my worst experiences on sets have been some of like my best films and that has to like i don't know what the porn gods are doing and why they think that that is like you're gonna work for this great scene over (laughs) here like and then i have like some amazing days amazing 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 set days and then i see it come out and i'm like 
Oh, that's a little downplayed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> like, that was such a good day for all of us. And the, yeah. edi- and the editors are like, no. Yeah. This one was better today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, screw you guys. <laughs> but... Yeah, I'm really excited. I think the the CGI's and everything that I've seen with knowing how the costumes were, knowing um uh, the time that he took, you know, to put the song together and you know to get the studio time together um and how much effort that he puts into it. I'm thoroughly excited to, you know, and happy that I was a part of that entire process. Um because you never know if you get to be a part of them again. So, yeah, exactly. There's like every every you have to work every scene like it's your last scene, yeah. you know. That's just yeah. kind of how you have to live your life in this career, but I'm definitely excited for it. Um, the main character is Kenzie Taylor yeah. as Captain Marvel, um, and it's her movie, so it's going to be insane because she's had like several costumes as well, and like mm-hmm. some of them were so cool. Like I can't wait. Like I think it was during. Nope, can't even say that. All right, never mind, guys. Sorry, you have to wait till the thirtieth. I'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I had her. Uh, I saw her a little while ago. Um, she actually uh, came to my uh, small little like birthday party, and we talked about the movie. Oh, I know. I saw. And she Holly. talked. <laughs> I watched your birthday party on social media while it I was, was terrible. Alone. You're over here like, so do you have friends? No, Holly. Well, I just had this birthday party as well that I did invite you to. Well, that's cool, Holly. I still have no friends. Well, I can tell you how to make friends. Okay, next year. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm like I'm just gonna go crawl into my hole now. Or it, was, really? it was really boring. It was terrible. I didn't want to be there. I'm sure. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You can say that. I'm over it. Um so just a little plug for everybody for the Captain Marvel movie. It is a Wicked Pictures movie and uh you should actually go to the new Wicked Pictures website, um wicked.com because they just redesigned it and it looks Ooh. really really fabulous. Yeah, so I'll it's check it like uh it's looking good. So you should go, you should join, you can see some of my movies there. Um Stranger Than Fiction is about to come out, the last movie that I did and then Lacey and I are, are shooting another movie for Wicked this weekend. Yes. Which I'm very excited about and I'm going to in advance because you've a fuck ton of dialogue. I know. But uh, <laughs> you're going to do great and we're going like to mo- power through mo- it. Most movies sit around, I don't know, like, I don't know, like the 18 pages is kind of like where they sit. How, how many pages did you write? I think it's like 23. 24. Is it 24? Okay, it's, sorry. I'm almost like a solid 24. I know, and I, I actually cut it down to a little more than that before. Don't let her lie to you. She it did, did not. She no, did it not. was. It, no, before you got it, I swear to God, it was longer, and I cut out a bunch of shit. Um, yeah, it's. I also, when I did Sexual Fidelity, it was also long, and both Casey Calvert and Seth Gamble told me, like, this is like a lot of fucking dialogue. And I was like, sorry, I won't do it again, and then I did it again. <laughs> well, that's because, again, I mean, most people don't look at their scripts until, like, day of, yeah. so... I can definitely be a lot if you look at it day of, but if you just take a second with most of the scripts, you know, just like a day, like tomorrow I'm not doing anything. So, yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I already have most all of it memorized. We'll, but we'll get through it. Yeah, and, um, great. and to be honest, like I'm also one of those people that I don't really like to do the shortcuts of the voiceovers. Mm-hmm. So I don't do a lot of voiceover in my movies. Yes. So that, that, a lot of voiceovers it are so spot on. I want to, I want to like try out for like those cartoons, you know, those like voiceover yeah. actors. Like I, because of, because of porn and I've done so many voiceovers, I'm just like, I I feel confident enough that I could possibly be a voice actor. You probably could. <laughs> I think, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like almost every single movie that I work, it's like half of the script is voiceovers. So yeah. this just kind of like the yeah, way. Yeah, not this one. You only have one voiceover. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, Lacey. Well, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. Um, it was such a pleasure. And uh, I hope you feel better. Yes. And <laughs> go I, home, go to bed. Yeah, I look forward to working with you this weekend. Is there um, anything that you want to plug for our audience, your social media, any websites, anything like that? Yeah, um, I will go ahead again. I'm going to shout out uh, the Captain Marvel XXX and Axel Braun parody that's going to be released on September 30th. So here soon. I'm super excited. Um, also, I'm working on... This is a long process, but I'm working on an animal fundraising calendar right now. Um, again, that it's going to be a very long process. Sale should start uh, beginning end end of December, beginning of January 2020. All proceeds will be going to our animal um our animal society of our choice. We're undecided if we're going to be doing a wildlife society or an actual animal rescue society, but it's still going to be a mom and pop shelter. So we're going to be donating every single penny to that. So everybody be on the lookout. It's a little project that I've been working on um, at home. And then my social medias, um, they're underneath the same name for Instagram and Twitter, and they're both at Miss Lacey Lennon. And go ahead and follow those because I'm soon going to have an email list out um, within the next month and that you can go ahead and reach out to me for. My email list will keep you up to date on every single um, new thing that I am up to. And it's just going to keep you currently updated with what's going on in my life. Try to make that as simple as possible because like, I have a PR, but... They're doing really great, but I need to keep people even more up to date just because my life's getting even crazier. Yeah, like a personal um, newsletter. Yes, it's, yeah. So it's going to be a personal newsletter for me. So go ahead and follow my social medias at Miss Lacey Lennon because all the information is going to be on there. So fantastic. Yeah. And you guys can follow me at Holly Randall on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like my podcast, please make sure to give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It helps me a lot. If you're not listening to me on the iTunes platform, then you can support me in so many other ways. Um, first of all, obviously, I would love it if you would join my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hollyrandallunfiltered, where not only will all of the donations that I get go towards making this podcast better, but also I offer really, really cool perks in exchange for your support. Um, Don't forget that I have a new podcast called My LA Porn Job that I am doing with my assistant, Eva, and it is fucking hilarious, and it is available only on my Patreon for only $5 a month. So that's pretty, pretty cheap, and I promise we will make you laugh and we'll give you even more insight into this fascinating business that I work in. You can also join my Facebook group. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash Holly Randall Unfiltered to get access to other exclusive news about the podcast as well as just join our community. Don't forget too that I videotape all of my podcast interviews and you can access all of those at my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Holly Randall Unfiltered. You can also email us hollyrandallunfiltered at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail to 
maybe ask a question for one of my upcoming guests or just leave a comment or tell us a crazy story or anything that you want to say, you can call us at 424-216-6967. So please send us an email, leave us a Facebook message, leave us a Patreon message, um, leave us a voicemail, and we will maybe get back to you on the show, um, especially the new podcast that I'm doing with Eva, my LA porn job will definitely be uh, responding to some of your messages. And overall, we just want to hear back from you guys want to know how we're doing, what you love about the show, what you hate about the show, who you want to listen to. All of that feedback is super valuable to help me make this show the best that it can be. One last piece of news. I plan on going to the 2020 AVN convention in Las Vegas, and I'm going to bring you this podcast live from the show floor. So that's another reason why I need your financial support, because that's going to be a very expensive trip for me. And um, I'm definitely not making the kind of income from the show yet to cover it, which is fine, but I hope to eventually get there one day. And with your help, I hopefully will. So thank you all so much for listening. Thank you guys for supporting. I appreciate you so much. And um, I'm still like kind of flabbergasted that this show has done as well as it has. And I'm just super grateful for all of you. Next week on the show, I have the unabashedly honest and incredibly sexy Karma RX on. Karma is somebody who definitely doesn't mince her words when she talks about the things that she believes in and things that she doesn't believe in. And so it's always refreshing to have somebody with a real honest perspective on things. Um, She kind of cuts through the bullshit and just says it how it is. And I really love that in somebody. So make sure that you tune in next week for Karma RX on Holly Randall Unfiltered. (laughs) 